This is an ABC podcast. Oh my god, it's going up! Oh, oh that's so big! That's massive! Oh! It seems Melbourne's lockdown visitor is making a splash. I used to play this game with my friends and we'd look into the back of a spoon and the animal that you looked like in the back of the spoon was what you were in a past life. And I looked like a seal. So from then on, I just believed that that was part of me. I, <laughs> that was just a fact. <laughs> Whether you're a hardcore seal lover or not, the seal that's currently swimming in Melbourne's Yarra River is providing some much-needed entertainment to people in lockdown. Hello, I'm Anne Jones, and this is Off Track, the ABC's nature program. I'm out in the field at the moment, so this week, Off Track producer Joe Khan investigates what's going on there in the Yarra and why that seal is capturing the hearts and imaginations of onlookers in Melbourne and online. <laughs> Last year, I heard like sightings of it, and then he would just like disappear but he's just stuck around. My name's Tessa, I'm 32, I'm a tattoo artist. I trained as a printmaker at BCA and went into tattooing in my late 20s. When I was young, I used to always want to be a vet and I've always been a huge animal advocate and that's like a big part of my like value system. Tessa McDonnell lives in Carlton in Melbourne, just north of the city. This year I've gotten sick and I haven't been able to work um, since about April. So there's just been a lot of watching TV since then. <laughs> a lot of reality TV. I'm a real sucker for that, yeah. <laughs> but the seal in the river, just a couple of k's east of her near Abbotsford, has given her something else to focus on. And I think it was a couple of months ago. I saw like a couple of people posting online. I was feeling really jealous. I was like, oh, everybody's seen the seal. And I love him more than everybody else. So like friends that I knew online that posted him, I'm like, this isn't fair. So I went on to Reddit and I just looked up old like age articles and, and watched videos of him just to cheer myself up when I was feeling crap. So I thought I have to collate all of this together. So other people can like have the same enjoyment. We can go on there, have a little hit of celebratory and continue on our day. This is massive. I know. The only seal I've ever seen is the seals at the Melbourne Zoo when I used to go when I was a kid. But I've never seen one in the wild. Right before I got sick, I finally saved up money and I got my licence and I was going to go to Tasmania and drive to the bottom of Tasmania to do this ethical one. But I wrote to them and I'm going to do that as soon as I get well. <laughs> In the meantime, she started an Instagram account for the seal, which now has over 18,000 followers. It's called Silly Friend. So basically people send him videos or photos of when they see him. And then I post them online. That's it. Oh, my God. Like this one from Marlene. Oh, wow. so big. <laughs> I thought it was going to be, like, pretty unsuccessful and just my friends following me. And I was, like, DMing them on the day, like, follow me back on Sealy Friends. <laughs> People are just ignoring me. And then... <laughs> 
it got really popular. What is it about seeing the seal in the river that kind of like sparks that joy for you? Well, I mean, apart from my obvious obsession with seals, I think in this particular time in our lives in Melbourne and, you know, in so many different places, there's people even international following this seal. He's just this free, joyous, plump, healthy animal that's just having the time of his life. He's really unaware of what is going on around him. This childlike excitement that I get from seeing him is something that I think a lot of people haven't been able to experience for a long time. I think it's that beacon of possibility and joy for the future that hopefully we're all going to be able to achieve soon. And because lockdown is still limiting people's movement. For people that aren't in the five kilometre area or that, like me, are chronically ill and can't go for long walks every day, this is a way for them to also participate in this like community of seal lovers. Yeah, a lot of people have sent me some really heartwarming messages about how it's like the distraction that they need in their day in lockdown and it gives them that like little bit of joy and they can't wait for the next video to be uploaded. That makes me so happy. That's such a wonderful thing to be able to do for somebody. So, People are calling this seal Salvatore, but it's very unlikely that it's the original seal named Salvatore who was in the river in 2017. And even though there's been seals in the river before, so we know that they can live there, there's always an element of surprise when it happens. I think people associate it with the sea and they also associate seals more with being a fish perhaps than being a mammal, more like us. Dr Rebecca McIntosh is a seal ecologist at Phillip Island Nature Parks. A fur seal is a mammal. It feeds its young milk. It has lungs to breathe. It doesn't have gills. It has fur to thermoregulate so that it stays warm. The blood vessels are close to the surface in its flippers. So if it needs to cool down, it just puts its flippers in the water but it can stay on land. You know, it's definitely adaptable. It's definitely come from a land ancestor. And it's so different to the whales in that the whales have gone those extra steps, you know, they, they can't live on land. But the seals, you know, gosh, if you see them move on land, they're quick. The fur seals and the sea lions, they're like bears that can swim. <laughs> on and around mainland Australia, Mostly in colder southern waters, we've got three main seal species. So we have the Australian fur seal, which is to the southeast. We have the longnose or the New Zealand fur seal, which goes from Western Australia right through to Eastern Australia and New Zealand. And we have the Australian sea lion, which is an endangered species. And that is mostly in South Australia with a small population in Western Australia as well. But of course, as you can imagine, our history of what's normal wear for seals in Australia starts 200 years ago. We don't have that long-term understanding of really what was normal prior to colonisation and prior to the European sealers coming here and wiping most of the seals out. So we know that there used to be elephant seals in Bass Strait. There used to be Australian sea lions in Bass Strait. So certainly the ecosystem has changed a lot from what it would have been prior to the sealers coming. So what do we know about the Australian fur seal in terms of its range and its population status? Is it the population's relatively healthy? Yeah, so it's of least concern in the international status and it's not on any threatened species list in terms of its its population. Most of it breeds in Victorian Bass Strait and there's five main colonies and then there's lots of smaller ones. And we've even got some that have been 
established and growing just in the last few years down in South Tassie. So what we've found is that the, the population as a whole kind of reached a peak in 2007, got up to roughly, we think, about 120,000 animals. But since then, we've seen a reduction in, the, in most of the larger colonies in how many pups they're having a year. So that we think the adult population is still stable, but they've reduced how many pups they're having in some of those colonies. That could be a combination of factors. It could be that the population has reached capacity for the amount of food that's available. It could be that climate change is starting to affect them in the warmer waters further north. So we've got more populations coming up in the further south near Tassie. It could be also that we've um, found with uh, Dr. Rachel Gray and Shannon Taylor at University of Sydney, we found high, really high toxin levels in the pups. So it could be that our modern society is affecting their ability to have as many healthy pups as they used to as well in some of these bigger colonies that are really close to our city. To answer the question of why a fur seal would come this far up the Yarra River, we have to understand a bit about their ecology and behaviour. Juveniles are pretty footloose, fancy free. They can go where they like, call out where they want, feed on what they want and explore the world and then decide where they want to perhaps have their, their pups. So a lot of um, that juvenile time is learning about their environment and just getting ready for, for when their breeding starts. They can travel hundreds of kilometres. They can go from southern Tassie into South Australia right up to, to New South Wales. So they're not um, nervous of going far from home, that's for sure. And then the, uh, the adult female, once she's had a pup, that pup can't start travelling around much until it's, um, you know, 10 months old and it's weaned. But every time she goes fishing, she has to find enough food for herself, find enough food for the milk she's making for her pup and then come back and feed her pup. And her life is pretty tiring. She's always pregnant. She's always lactating, always feeding a pup. But I have seen, I have seen females go and stay somewhere else where there's no pups for a little while, just have a bit of a rest, <laughs> have a cup of tea. You know, oh, I'm just not ready to go back and feed my pup yet. Then they go back and call for their pup and their pup comes and then they're, they're working hard looking after their pup as well. Yeah, and then the adult males, there are some males that might choose a breeding site and stick to that breeding site, but um, they're only reproductive for, you know, after 10. They live till they're about 19. So their best years is when they're the biggest and strongest they can be. So they spend the bulk of their time when they're not in the breeding colony for the breeding season, which is only about a month, they spend the bulk of their time trying to get as big and muscly and chunky as they can so they can come back and breed. So it is unlikely a female fur seal would be venturing this far up the river. And we do know that the seal there at the moment is a male. In a zoological world, when we're talking about uh, male behaviour, we sort of talk about the testosterone levels, giving them some of that more exploratory behaviour as well. So I think it's probably pretty common for them to, to get around and go to new places. You know, they're a top predator in their ecosystem I'd say they're pretty confident in their place in the ecosystem and they would be quite keen to explore, yeah. So why is Salvatore exploring the river? Uh, it's probably a combination of finding a good food source. Maybe it's even enjoying just having the space to itself, no competition. It could be that it's free of predators. It might find humans interesting. You know, it's... Uh, it's difficult to know all the reasons why it, it could be there, but food is always a very big driver for a wild animal. You know, if, it, if the wild animal doesn't find food, then it, it can't stay there. 
they can travel distances over land, you know, and find themselves in strange places. And I think they're more rare. They're a lot more rare when you find a seal um, away from a water source. Then it's definitely become disorientated and it's, it's really not knowing what to do anymore. That's, not a, that's something that we would say, well, that is definitely not normal seal behaviour and this animal is definitely in strife. But our current Sealy friend is definitely not in strife. And his antics in the river, which are there for everyone to see on Instagram, are entertaining his followers and keeping Tessa busy. There's like a lot of common questions like, is he okay? Is he, has he got friends? <laughs> is he lost? So yeah, I've created like a few highlights though, just to reassure people that he's okay. He like potentially swims back to the bay at night and then comes in for a big feed during the day. And then he'll probably stay for like another, maybe another month, and then he'll probably just go back on his way. I'm learning as the page goes on as well. And as the page gets more and more popular, I have more of a sense of responsibility in like keeping him safe and running it ethically. So I'm speaking to people like the old specialists that I can think of to get their opinion on, you know, what kind of message that I could share with the platform. You start from like protecting Salvatore as an individual and then that sort of filters out into pollution and the environment. And like if the environment isn't looked after, then Salvatore isn't looked after. And just like creating that kind of um, connection for people so then they can see like without, without us being like mindful of like the floods, for example, that just happened and like not trampling on like delicate free vegetation, then we're not going to have a celebratory to enjoy. So we just have to respect that. Because at the start, I didn't think about the fact that if I shared a location of where he was, that that could potentially be dangerous. And I had to make choices really quickly because it was getting so big so quickly. At the start, I was posting heaps, constantly stories and stuff, but now I'm like being a lot more like thoughtful about what I put out there. I still want it to be fun and like an escape for people, but also like in a responsible way. Have you seen any of the videos of the seal in the river? I have, yeah. Ecologist Rebecca McIntosh again. Because I've got a lot of friends who live in Melbourne and I get tagged quite a lot in, into things as well, saying, Beck, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I've seen quite a bit of what's going on. I, I kind of, um, I love the way people get, really connected to their local environment. I think that's really important and and that they, they know when something's unique or different or a bit special or, or just, um, you know, we have short memories too, though, as, as humans, so our experience is just quite a little bubble in a sense. Yeah, it might be quite novel for a person to go for a walk in the city and, and see an animal like a seal. The unexpected appearance of a charismatic animal like this seal can certainly encourage people to engage more with their local environment, but it can also mean the seal or the river itself start to get so much attention that there can be negative side effects. So what are the rules to follow to keep yourself and any seal safe? Mark Briggy is a regulatory program manager for the Victorian Conservation Regulator. His job is to communicate to the public about the rules that apply to the environment and wildlife. So there are rules around approaching resting seals. The main one is that if a seal is on a beach, that people shouldn't come within 30 metres of that seal. 
and not necessarily even on a beach. You can find seals even up in dunes, particularly people that are walking dogs. Seals don't know that dogs are on beaches. Seals don't know that the beach is necessarily a, a dog off lead beach or a dog on lead beach. And I don't know, it's something about, must be the smell of seals that just does something to dogs because dogs react really differently around seals from my experience. If you are walking your dog and you come across a seal, you need to stay at least 50 metres away. And that's not just for the seal's benefit. Seals are carnivorous. They do have large, long teeth that can bite very deep and very hard. You don't want a negative interaction between your dog and the seal, absolutely. Seals quite often appear on structures like boat ramps and jetties, and there you have to stay at least five metres away and don't feed them. The problem we have with seals hanging around, particularly boat ramps and and fishing platforms, is exactly that. People have fed them. Uh, They're a smart animal. They become imprinted with, with that very quickly. Why hunt for a feed when you can hound it from a human being? And that becomes a problem for us again because... We're then dealing with a problem seal and with larger, stronger seals, they become very bolshy and aggressive and then they become a management problem. And we'd rather not have that management problem. We'd rather just let the seal move on its way naturally. The rules Mark's talking about are specific to Victoria, but other states have similar ones as well. And the rules around dogs and keeping your distance still apply to rivers too, because seals can get themselves into all sorts of places. Uh, We had an interesting case a while ago where we... We had a large Australian fur seal, probably 200 kilos plus. He had come up the Hopkins River. That's in Warrnambool. Into, we think, the Brackmore Creek. About 25 kilometres upstream. And we think he was chasing eels. And then we get a phone call at work and this farmer said, I think I've just found a seal in my dairy paddock. And we said, really? And we had to, we had to go and see. And, of course, here, sure enough, here is... Uh, this very, very large strain fur seal. Uh, at that stage, he'd moved from the paddock to the roadside. But he was 28 kilometres in a direct line from the coast. We ended up putting him in a horse float because that was the only trailer big enough we had for him. And we took him down to the beach and, of course, let him go again. And there was nothing wrong with him. Healthy, very bolshy like uh, fur seals can be. It was the funniest thing in my career, I think, driving along behind that that horse float, seeing a seal looking out through the window of the horse float. So it's it's amazing where they can turn up. So obviously they, they don't mind swimming up river every now and then. I guess depends, yeah, if they're chasing eels or... Yeah, eels or brim or, or mullet. If there's food to be had, they will hunt it out. And, you know, in terms of the one in the Yarra, it's... Um, I don't, I'm not a river ecologist, but you'd like to think it was a good sign to see a seal in the river. If there's fish there, it's um, obviously the river's catering for fish life and therefore it's catering for, for higher-level predators. Yeah, although um, there are quite a few videos of him with some big carp. Well, nothing wrong with that, is there? Well, no. I mean, <laughs> he's he's doing some pest control. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah, I don't know how, how a carp tastes, but... I don't know. Seals probably don't have the greatest taste buds, perhaps. If we do talk about the the seal in the Yarra, you know, it's obviously a very different situation to coming across a seal on the beach, but potentially the seal could kind of rest on the riverbank. Would that be pretty normal? Yeah, absolutely. It's possible that he could come up onto the bank and, and decide to have a rest. So, again, 30 metres for people and 50 metres for dogs. 
Yes, there are a lot of dogs along the Yarra River, which is something that Tess has had to keep in mind when she posts about the seal. If somebody's sending me a video and their dog is like off the lead and right on the edge of the river, that dog might be, you know, really well trained and everything, but the seal's a wild animal, so we never know what could happen, you know? So I don't want to promote any like risk-taking behaviours like that, something happening to them or the dog or the seal. So I just don't post that kind of stuff. I don't post if someone's like obviously like not on the path as well. I want to create sort of like a message of let's just give him his space, let him do his thing. And if we're lucky enough to stumble across him, then that's awesome. We can just respect his boundaries and let him just like be safe and happy and catch his carp. (laughs) And judging by the videos on social media, like this one from Franco, he's getting a pretty good haul of carp. Lunch is ready. People have contacted me saying, is he eating too much? Like, I think they probably know. (laughs) Dr McIntosh says if he's flinging fish around, like he is in this recording from Tim, he's probably doing pretty well. This animal, yeah, it's probably fattening up and enjoying the eel and enjoying a different kind of lifestyle for a while. Gap, gap year. Yeah. Seal gap year. He's motivated to breed. And if he knows where he is and what he's doing, then I would expect he might go out back out to sea. There are some animals, there are some seals that are never actually successful breeders for whatever reason. They're not big enough or they're not aggressive enough or they're not motivated enough because breeding for a male is really risky. You know, you have to get as big as you can. And then when you're guarding your harem of females, you have to fight potentially fight or bluff other males that could be bigger than you you know the risk is there that you'll get injured so not every male seal will decide to to do that and so if they if they do decide not to because say they don't ever get big enough what do they do they often hang around the fringes for 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 a sneaky opportunity i call it so if a bull two big bulls are having a fight and the females are left unattended you might see a a smaller male run in and, and try to get a sneaky go if the female will accept, will let that happen. But, you know, on Seal Rocks, just here near Phillip Island, which is the largest breeding colony, there's this pool of water in the middle we call the septic pool. It's just disgusting. Like over summer it turns from brown to hot pink because of the bacteria growing in it. It's really revolting. But the younger all the smaller males, because you could be an older male but, but just a bit smaller, they hang around this septic pool with their back flippers in it to stay cool because it's the, the, heat, the peak of summer and they just basically wait for an opportunity or they're, or they're watching and learning or they're just really frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of all of those probably. <laughs> a bit of all of it. <laughs> Who knows? Sometimes I do feel a bit sorry for them. <laughs> Do you think the way that you kind of think about the environment and think about the river has changed in in this process? Yeah. As I said, I've always been like an animal advocate and, you know, done little things that I can do, just being a vegan and, you know, trying to cut down my waste and stuff. But now since I've ran the page, I notice rubbish on the ground more and I think that could go and affect Salvatore. And if more and more people could do that, That would be amazing, you know, just one piece of rubbish whenever we go for a walk. So easy. 
because I feel like I haven't achieved anything this year and I'm usually pretty hard on myself and like you know wanting to like create and put things out there and contribute and like you know grow my career and study and I had plans to study and stuff this year but I feel like this is my achievement for the year and I feel really good about that and it's made me think differently about my career as well like I'm so passionate about animals and like why why wouldn't I like pursue something like that you know I mean this could be a turning point in my life really just an Instagram page you never know <laughs> thanks to off-track producer Joe Khan for that story and thank you to the local seal spotters who kindly let us use their recordings in this program Nick Nicholas Grace Matthew Wade Harry Sadler Marlene Franco Alex Mitchell, Anna Parker, Tim Ogilvie, and Jess Lloyd. And we'll put a link on the Off-Track website, of course, to the Sealy Friend Instagram page, as well as a link to the rules about encountering seals and other wildlife. I'm Ann Jones, and meet me here again at the same time next time, because that's when I'll take you somewhere else. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.